Hey, it's Lynn Galadner, and this is the Make Meaning Podcast. I am a writer and an entrepreneur, and through decades of writing articles for magazines and newspapers and authoring books, I've wondered what makes life meaningful and what makes work worth doing. In my day job, I help schools and universities, entrepreneurs and leaders learn how to market and grow their reach. You can learn more about my company, Your People, at yourppl.com. I also am a writing coach, and I teach my signature Find Your Voice Writers Workshop, through writingworkshops.com and at makemeaning.org. I help people, organizations, and movements find their voice and gain the confidence to use it. Because everything we do means something. Why waste your moments? You are needed. You can make the world better. And by caring about the people you encounter and the tasks you take on, you get closer every day to finding your unique meaning and living life with purpose. This podcast focuses on all the many ways people make meaning in the mundane. You'll hear stories of courageous people daring to imagine a life they love. If you like what you hear, give us a review on any of the podcast platforms you find this show. There are many ways to fill your life with meaning. Join us at makemeaning.org to learn more. Now, on to the show. As the father of four and the grandfather of six, Gramps Jeffrey was inspired during the pandemic to write a children's book to pass on his experiences and values to the younger generation. He calls it, I Don't Want to Turn Three and this latest book recently released on Amazon. Now, Gramps Jeffrey speaks out about how baby boomers can pass on their legacy and life lessons to younger generations. A former entrepreneur who wrote business books and articles on entrepreneurship, Gramps Jeffrey suggests looking beyond the clutter of life to find the real meaning of why we are each here. How we influence younger generations is our true legacy and purpose, he insists. And that's why I'm excited to welcome Gramps Jeffrey to the Make Meaning Podcast today. Gramps Jeffrey, welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. Great to be here. I'm so thrilled to have you. I'm, I'm very curious about your career. And so I'd like to start by hearing about your career and the work you did before you started writing children's books. So tell me a little bit about what you did and your business writing, and, and let me see that progression. Sure. I've uh, been in retail and in wholesale my entire career. I started a company called Dollydays.com, and we became the premier business-to-business site on the internet where we sold in case quantity, small businesses all around the world. Our customer base for the moms and the pops are surviving, thriving is the chains. So at that time, our customers were calling me all the time on what do I need to do to open a store because they were entrepreneurs of small businesses. So I decided to write a book. So I wrote the book called The Secrets of Retailing, How to Beat Walmart. And it's a 15 chapter book of a step-by-step of really how to open a business, how to hire people, how to find locations, you know, how to buy products, how to merchandise yourself and marketing. So that was my first book. And then what happened, Marianne Huffington read it and she asked me to become a contributor to the Huffington Post. So I've written over a hundred different articles on the Huffington Post on all kinds of things about small businesses and nonprofits. That's how I got involved into that. And finally, I actually retired. And then I came up with writing this book, my children's book. I don't want to turn three. Living this past year in isolation, except for being able to be with my family, gave me a special time to watch and 
interact with all my grandkids. Watching them grow year to year and how they interact with each other is really the basis for my children's book. That's awesome. So I want to take us back a little bit. Your business book, um, first of all, did you get into any trouble naming Walmart in the title? Tell me about that. (laughs) Well, it was interesting is my book, because I was, uh, it was in Borders and Barnes and Noble, but Walmart refused to carry it. So yeah, yeah. you can buy, you can buy it on Amazon <laughs> today, but uh, you know you won't find it at Walmart. So yeah. no, I didn't get in trouble for that. But they took they gave me a, a signal about uh, you know they don't want anything to do with me. Yeah. So what got you into writing in the first place? That's uh, an interesting question. I think when I first started writing is my best friend from high school and I did a 11 week backpack through Europe. You know, we slept in train stations and we, you know, hitchhiked and rode the train and, you know, stayed in all the youth hostels and all that. And every day I kept a journal. Uh And, you know, after, after this 11 weeks, I looked at the journal, I said, wow. So I guess that was really my first thing. And I like to do this thing. You know, writing's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you wrote the Walmart book and then you wrote um, the columns for the Huffington Post and now this children's book. So tell me a little bit about your writing process. You know, how do you come up with the ideas? How do you do revisions and drafts? Like, what is your process? Well, there's really two different things that happened here. When I wrote my business book, you know, I was very heavily working. So what I had to do was I uh, had to pull myself aside. And for nine months, I would come home Friday night. I would kiss my wife and say, hey, I'll see you on Sunday night. I'd go <laughs> into my office in my, uh, in, in, in my room, and I would write a chapter and keep writing. So that process for that book took nine months because it was every weekend. And I really didn't see anybody, uh-huh. uh, but it was intense because I wanted to make sure we got it done. Mm-hmm. Whereas the process that I've got now for the kids is, you know, I, I had a chance to observe and watch them and they were with us for a long while. And so it really was, that was only once they left, it was just a couple week process. Mm-hmm. And I pulled that story together. But again, you know, the business book was hundreds of pages long and this book's 32 pages. So it's a big difference there. Oh yeah, for sure. So um, how do listeners find your children's book and tell me about the response since you published it? Walmart is carrying my children's book. So that's good to know, but you <laughs> yep. know, Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble and Target and and most uh, independent uh, bookstores have it. Or you can go to my site called GrampsJeffrey.com or I don't want to turn three.com. You know, those are ways to find the book. So it's pretty easy to find if you're interested in, in, in reading it. Yep. We'll put the, we'll put the links in the show notes as well. So people can easily click on it and get your book. Oh, good. But so the reaction so far, it seems to be pretty good. The message kind of resonates because it really is a story that affects not just my family, but just about every family in the, in the world. Mm -hmm. Now the biggest critics, how do the grandchildren like the book? (laughs) When you're part of a book, it's a different aspect than when you are, uh, you know, just reading another book. So, yeah. for instance, I had four of the grandkids over this weekend, and the oldest, Olivia, grabbed the book. She grabbed the three other younger kids, and they went underneath my desk, huh? and they all sat underneath my desk, and she read the book to them. So, Aww. I had a chance to kind of sit back and listen to what was going on because they're all part of the book, and the book is really based on true facts. So, they could relate. So, you know, I was listening on the side there and, and Levi says, 
that's me. That's me in the bathtub. It was fun to watch them do that. But more, even more interesting is Olivia, who just turned nine mm-hmm. in her school, you know, they had to come in dressed as a character and read a book to the whole class. Uh-huh. Well, she decided to come in as herself. So she took the dress she had on in the book uh-huh. and she, t- she wore it in as Olivia and she read the book to her class. So uh-huh. they're engaged in this, I feel. I love that. That is so special. That's that's really neat. What a memory. Okay, so tell me a little bit about what you love most about being a father and a grandfather. You know, I love having my kids. You know, I had four of them this weekend, and I couldn't wait till they took their naps so I could take a nap because they wear <laughs> you out. But, you know, the important thing that you need to do as a, a grandparents, give them the information that they need to grow and that they can remember. Mm-hmm. You know, you had on a recent guest, uh, Jake, you know, mm-hmm. one of your, uh, and he was talking about the memories that he had when he was a kid. If you remember what he talked about, he says, you know, I remember my dad reading books to me. Yeah. He says, yeah. and I remember that my fifth grade teacher, you know, taught us how to write and read. Uh-huh. Uh, those are the things that he remembers, but that's him. You know, every kid has those memories. Yeah. So yeah. it's very important for us as grandparents to help create those memories so that when they turn 20 or 30 or 40, they remember the good times. You know, I had uh, Levi and Olivia over for about a month ago for a couple of days because their parents went out of town and we had a great time. We went swimming, we went to the park, we mm-hmm. played video games. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the memories that are the positive memories. And that's the influence that grandparents can have for the grandchildren. Yeah, it's funny. I was really close to all of my grandparents. And my last grandparent uh, was with me until I was 42, which is amazing. And I've often reflected that, you know, our parents give us life, but our grandparents give us a sense of identity because they don't have to teach us all the rules and they don't have to punish us or reprimand. They just get to enjoy us and listen and show us what's important to them. And so I really feel like so much of my identity and my values come from my grandparents because they, they had that time and perspective. How do you feel about that? Do you feel that you're imparting some of that generational wisdom to your grandchildren that maybe your kids are, are too busy to do at this point? You hope that as a parent, that you had enough time to teach your kids the right way. Mm-hmm. And so as a grandparent, all you're doing is really reflecting the values that you have helped create for your kids who are now the parents. Yeah, That's the biggest hope. So grandparents need to create those memories because, you know, uh, we're all not here a long time. So we got to make sure that we make an impact. I love that. I love that. That's all true. So I know you're, you're very connected um, intergenerationally and you had mentioned earlier that you were inspired by your father-in-law who was a fighter pilot in the Pacific in World War II. And you said he could have made a career in the military, but chose to come back to his wife and children. I'd love to hear more about him and how he did that. How do you think he created that legacy? Well, first of all, let's all think about World War II, there was a high rate of pilots disappearing because it was a terrible, terrible war. And so for him to survive that uh, and the one to go forward to do that, you got to give him a lot of credit. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the reasons he did was he has been so positive all his life. Mm -hmm. So that positive attitude that he had early on in his life has been reflected in, in all his children. And more importantly, it was reflected into the grandchildren. 
So did you always know that family was the purpose of your life or did that come to you later? You know, how did you discover that? Well, one of the things I think that you learn over time, that if you're a very busy adult, you know, sometimes you don't give the time to your family that you need to give, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and that's a lesson that I think that a lot of us have learned and we've got to make sure we pass it on to the kids today. Mm -hmm. You know, I missed too many softball games. I missed too many basketball games. You know, I I wasn't there for enough of the concerts. Now, you know, in my job, I was flying around the world, but that's not an excuse. Mm -hmm. And so, in today's world, we've got to make sure that the parents are there. And you know, if they can't, then the grandparents should show up. Absolutely. You know, the kids need to have someone in their family there to let them know that they're supportive, whether they do good or bad. Yeah. You know, someone has to be there. Yeah. I um I love that. And I I recently went to visit my oldest son in college and my mom came along, which was just so cool because you know, she's traveling out of state to see her grandson and on his campus and meet his friends. And I just think that that intergenerational connection is, is so important. And, and it, it really becomes a lifeline. I mean, just to know that you matter that much to so many generations of people, I, I think instills such a sense of self-worth and confidence in kids. And, and we all need that. So not every grandparent has that attitude. You're right. very lucky that your yes. mom wants to do that. I know. I mean, you know, there are plenty of us baby boomers that said, hey, I raised my kid. He's on his own. We're done. You go do your own thing. You know, yeah. it's, it's part of our legacy to get involved and be there when the kids need us the most. Yeah. So what's next? You you put out your first children's book. Are you seeing this as a series? Are you going to keep producing books as the kids get older and they have more stories to share? What's on the horizon for you? Well, my uh, granddaughter, Olivia, says, let's write a series of books. I don't want to turn four. I don't want to turn five. I don't want to turn six. And second, on Friday, she says, you know, I got an idea for, I don't want to turn 10 now. So, <laughs> so yeah, let's uh, do that. So that that's going to be my next project. That's really cool. That's so special. You should tell Olivia that in my family, double digits was always a super big deal. And so when I was a kid, I had an aunt and uncle who took each of us on a weekend trip, which was really neat. And then when my kids and my nieces and nephews each turned 10, my parents took two of them at a time because there are 10 grandchildren between um, zero and 10. So they, they came really fast all in consecutive order. And so my parents would take each of them for a weekend in Chicago. So double digits can be a very big deal. Just tell Olivia, <laughs> it's exciting. You know, I will relate that to her. Yes. And it's an idea for you. So as she nears 10, maybe you and your wife create a tradition and you guys do a double digit trip. So that would oh, be really a good fun. idea. Yeah. Great idea. So in closing, you know, this show is all about living with meaning and and finding your purpose. I wonder what advice you might offer our listeners about how to impact and inspire others and uh, live by your own unique purpose. Well, I think the first question that all of us need to ask ourselves is, you know, what age do you really begin to take responsibility for your actions? Mm -hmm. Uh, in, In my book, is it three? You know, is it 13? Is it 23? Could be 63. I mean, I've got plenty of people my age that still don't take responsibility for their actions. <laughs> you know, so that's something we all have to ask ourselves. When do we do that? I mean, when when do we actually take the notion that it's time to share? You know, and it happens in my book when they're three years old, but mm-hmm. how old are you when you begin to share? So I think those are all questions, even though it's a children's book, that, that we all can ask ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. what have we done and have what we've done is it meaningful? 
Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, Grants Jeffrey, thank you so much for being on the Make Meaning podcast. We will share your information widely so everybody can purchase your book. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks for listening to the Make Meaning podcast with Lynn Galadner. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like what you've heard here, join us over at makemeaning.org to discover how you can add more meaning to your life. And hey, if you like our conversations, please subscribe and share this episode with the meaningful people in your world.